go for a jog and not think about Ahmad Avery and what happened 100%. Right? The most simple thing, like going on a jog in your own neighborhood in broad daylight. stories more stories and hopefully intrigue minds and our minds need to be intrigued I, garvin i 100 percent believe minds will be intrigued with this topic today it has to yes and if it's not also go find your intriguing mind <laughs> you might also lose some people but i, I mean uh, that's I fine not. i, I mean not. yeah you know let me uh you know let me let me hit them with the quote yes, for today. hit let them me with, hit them with, with the, the quote or precept uh and it goes Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects everyone indirectly. And pretty much that quote is from uh, Martin Luther King Jr., MLK. Mm. Mm. What, what does that quote mean to you? What do you think it means, Quincy? It just really embodies whatever we're going to talk about today. Mm. I think of just how... Powerless, I feel, especially after hearing the injustices happening to black people every now and then. Like, it's it's happening to a person, for sure. A life is lost, but it's affecting me, too. Yeah. You know? Let me pause you for a quick second, Quincy. What did you do today? Well, today, woke up, and I was preparing for this podcast, did a little research, and read up on stuff, and then had church. After that, you came, you picked me up. Went to Walmart, and then after we came, went to Walmart, and then came to your house, and we're recording the podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do today? What did I do today? Um, I woke up. Mm-hmm. I did some reading. I went for a jog. I listened in on virtual church. Um, hmm, what else did I do? I went to go pick you up. We went to Walmart, and now we're here. And now we're here. But the thing is, throughout my day, I mean, I think we both, you know. Did simple stuff throughout simple, the Simple, normal right? stuff, yes. But for me, at least, I can't go for a jog and not think about Ahmad Avery and what happened 100%. Right? The most simple thing, like going on a jog in your own neighborhood in broad daylight, mm. you know, legit was the death of this man. And so today, guys, we're going to be talking about his story. Um, not just how he died, but who he was as a person. We're going to talk about real people in real lives. Real stories. Real stories. Exactly. So, uh, Quincy, do you want to go ahead and start? Yes. So, I'm going to share a story about him and you know his aspirations in life. So, Ahmad Aubrey was a 25-year-old young black man who attended South Georgia Technical College with plans of becoming an electrician. February 28th, he went jogging, which was a normal thing he did, around the neighborhood two miles from his home and then was shot and killed by two white men. He was unarmed, broke no laws, and did nothing wrong. But go for a jog. Jog. Just go for a jog. I mean, how many of you guys can relate to just going on jogs? Mm. But how many of you guys can relate to thinking about, I guess constantly thinking about going on a jog can be the death of you? Um... I guess for me, Quincy, 
on the back of my brain, it's something that I think about. It's not like I don't think of death. I, I did not think of death. I think that's probably why this story shook me to my core. Because mm. I think about the looks that you get, you know, the suspicion that you sometimes experience, that people kind of look at you and like, oh, is he up to no good? I constantly think of that. But this story and the video, that horrific, like, man, that thing is horrific. It is, I can't even, even watch the part when he's like, legit, when he got shot and he died. Because um, it's just, a, I do this so many times mm. throughout. Same, same. Like whenever we went to Walmart today, mm-hmm. I told you about how the detectors beeped. And I was a little scared because I instantly thought that people would suspect that I stole the flash drive. And I made sure I had a receipt with me so that that was not the suspicion that I had. I never leave without a bag at Walmart. Like, if I'm even buying a small little box of toothpaste, I I will put it in the bag. Mm. You know, that's just because I feel like I have to. You know, I don't want anyone to think that I am up to no good. Mm. And I think, you know, our black skins, most people see us and think that we're just up to no good. So, Quincy, how, I mean, what, what did you feel when you heard about the Ahmad uh, story? Oh, man. I remember watching the video and instantly just blanked out for a good two, three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then... I just didn't really know what to feel because there's just a lot of emotions running in my head. Yeah. For sure, I was shocked. I was disappointed. And one thing that hit me harder was just just being depressed. I remember the next day I had a final for one of my engineering classes. And that's all I was thinking about throughout the final. I couldn't really focus on the final. Thank God I passed the final. But 90% of the time I was thinking about the video I just watched and how no more for me me it was to just go on a run for a walk and how now that was going to change. Things already changed with the issues in the past, but this was just, it just hit harder, you know, just hit harder because easily I can be mistaken by, by that. Like I could be that, yeah, we look like him. We look like him, and like, someone can do the same. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we're talking about this today. I know, guys, when you read the tagline of our podcast, it says culture, comedy, ha ha ha, comedy, and storytelling. But I think when this story hit, I, I we talked, we, me and Quincy was talking about, okay, we, we have to talk about this. Like, we can't. You know, put out a podcast and then tell the audience that we want to be transparent and we want to, you know, share our stories, but then not tell the story of someone who died wrongfully. And so we just, as much as this not my, this may not be like a kiki, haha, funny podcast this episode, but it needs to be said, and um, we need to have these conversations. And it is part of serious. our blackness. I yeah. mean, it's really important for us to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're directly affected by it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, Quincy, what I felt when I heard that story, um, also, you know, I felt extremely defeated. Um, and I was extremely angry and just sad. Sad, sad, sad. I'm going to be transparent here. I remember I was, man, I was so angry. And if y'all know me, I'm a, man, I'm a optimistic type of guy. I love to laugh, like I said in other episodes. 
I'm extremely positive. And extremely this time, positive. Extremely <laughs> positive. I'm telling you, I'm like, you know, walking on sunshine. <laughs> he is. But I went to my closet and I started crying. I cried. I'm not going to lie. I cried. I was like, mm-hmm. and I was praying to God and I was like, Lord, like, what do we do with like, we hear all these like injustice and stuff. Like, I hate it. I just kept repeating. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And as I was repeating, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like the tears were falling and falling and falling. And, you know, I work in Oak Cliff and I work with a bunch of minority students. And like, what do you, like, at least my question for myself was like, what do I, what do I tell these kids? Like when, you know, what do I say to them? when we keep seeing these things happen time and time and time Time again. Time again. You know, we're going to get into it a little bit more. And I think, you know, after praying about it a little bit and, you know, just talking to friends, I think, you know, hopefully by, you know, me, Kunti and I using our, this, this platform of our podcast, we can shed some light on the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I sometimes have been seeing online was, uh, I guess, people playing you no know, devil advocate for this. And I think that's probably the most disgusting thing. Uh, not to like use such harsh, harsh language, but it is. But it is. You know, we see things like, um, well, he didn't comply with commands. You know, the, the two what white commands? men commands saying what commands? Um, we hear, you know, or he didn't stop when they kind of addressed him to stop. I don't know about you, Quincy, but someone said, if I see gun, if I see I mean, gun, I'm out of there. I'm out of there too. I'm out of there. I'm not gonna stop and be like, yo, man, like, and also, and <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm just thinking, like, if I was in that man's shoes, like, I don't even know what would be my response, actually. I don't know what, we'll, we'll get into it some more. And so, yeah, so, you know, I'm hearing this kind of like back and forth, you know, people understanding that, you know, I guess trying to see it in the big picture. People are trying to see this, this thing in the big picture, like, well, what if he was doing this? And what if he was doing that? And I think the sad part with that type of mentality is, what do you mean, what if you were seeing, what, I mean, why the idea of trying to build a case for someone's death, right? That means we have to check our own privilege. You have to check your own privilege. Um, To go through life in a way of you trying to decipher or make a case for if someone should die or not, that means that you're obviously experiencing a lot of privilege within your own life. Um, I can't... um, I think for me, I think that's like a new type of racism. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, blatantly say racism back in the days for sure was Mm -hmm. evident, like slavery and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But because the world has changed, now it's creeping in in different forms. Yeah, you know what is what is racism? So for those you know, we're trying to make everyone understand this. But racism is prejudice, discrimination, anti... How do I pronounce that, Garvin? Or antagonism. Antagonism. Mm. Sorry. That's not English teacher coming out, you know what I'm saying? That's not English teacher coming out, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Racism is prejudice, discrimination, antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that someone's own race is superior. And so racism, like what Quincy was saying, is most definitely showing up in this different forms. Like, it's not as simple as, 
I don't like black people. Mm. I don't like minority people. Mm. You know, like right in your face type of racism. Sometimes racism, um, some people, you know, express themes of racism without even knowing that no, they, they are. are. Mm. You know, and so we're going to talk about that. Like some of the underlining, you know, racism that we see, you know, um, things like, you know, like what we said, trying or trying or, you know, portraying or trying to, you know, uh, justify why someone deserves death or a wrongful conviction. Mm. Like, let's bring it back. So the video shows, you know, Ahmad jogging. He's followed by a truck. Two guys kind of they exchange some words here and there. We see them fighting for the gun. And then the guy shoots Ahmad, right? And this whole idea of people saying, let's look at it at a big picture. Let's look at it. Um, you know, maybe he did this. Maybe he did that. He did that. But it's, it's extremely combative to me. Because we want to look at the big picture, but we're not looking at the actual video, which is showing exactly what's, what's happening, happening. Right? And so we can't just assume. And I even read this other crazy story. They were saying that um, some, he, he was walking around a house that was like under construction and he wasn't supposed to be there. But does that mean death? That's the part that kind of gets me insane. Does that justify death? And I also read somewhere else where they said he had charges for shoplifting that happened two years ago. And even if that was true, does that justify Doesn't mean, it does not. death? It does not. That's the thing. Like, that's A the lot of part. people go shoplifting and Shoot, doesn't I, go... I would take a piece of gum when I was a little kid. Yeah. Does that mean that put me to death? No. My goodness. Like... You know, I'm like a thief. I'm like, I was like way back then. But I just don't understand why people can just like are so afraid of just seeing like wrong for wrong, wrong. that mm. they just want to just play this like, you know, advocacy. Like they want to like, oh, no. What are you? I mean, the question is, what are you trying to protect? I guess maybe just protect your privilege, protect, you know, this law that society kind of made up for us. And um, it's extremely sad. Very sad. Very mm -hmm. sad. Like, it boils down that that was a life. Yeah. That was a life that was lost mm -hmm. for no reason. I mean, there shouldn't be any reason for someone to lose life. But, you know, it's just really terrible that they had it had to go that way. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, some other ideas of underlining racism, I think not speaking up. For like minorities, not speaking up for black folks, not speaking up for like your friends, brothers and sisters, um, simply because you don't know or can't relate. Um, I'm talking to obviously my, my the wife, the white folks here. I need to be transparent. We're talking to the white folks here. Um, it's not okay anymore. It is not. Um, it's just it's not justifiable anymore. That I don't. I guess you can be transparent in a way. It's like hey, I don't know, and I, I appreciate your honesty. But you, you you can't just leave it there. And you, you just know? can't be silent. You can't just call, call you know, you say you have other friends and you can't call black folks friends, but then just decide not to stick up for your friends, you know? You can't just be like shrugging on nonchalant and be like, I can't speak to this, therefore I have nothing to say. And I think that's been the lie that's been kind of portrayed around, you know, the world and societies that we feel like because you can't relate to it, you have nothing to say. And I'm just grateful that I have a lot of friends, like a lot of white friends who, you know, are really transparent with me. They will call me and like after this, after this situation happened 
and just said, hey, this sucks. Like, you know, this is not okay. Like, what do, what do we do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I appreciate that. You know, I think of a lot of my friends who did that for me. And then, of course, I have, you know, some other people that's kind of like, and I get it. It's not an easy topic. We don't like to feel uncomfortable, obviously. No one, yeah, no one wants to feel uncomfortable. We have to. What happens when you feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? You adjust. You move. You do something different. And so... Yeah, I saw this on social media where it said, when is the last time you saw the brutal murder of a white body passed around social media? That's a good question. When was the last time? I can't even answer that. I can't answer that. I don't know, but we do see countless hashtags, countless, countless, countless hashtags. I'll be honest here. It was at one point, there was so many hashtags happening throughout the months and stuff that I became very numb to it. And... I was so sad. I mean, of course, I would you know, acknowledge the stories, but, you know, be angry just for a little bit, you know, or be upset just for a little bit and then kind of go back into the routine of my life. But I think it was also a, a waking up moment for myself as in like as a black man. I can never do that. I'm going to always going to have to say something and speak up. There's no excuse anymore for it. And so we just have to continue the conversation, continue, continue, continue the conversation, whether you're uncomfortable or not. This is what's happening in this world. Yes. Right? This is what's happening. And we have to be OK with having the conversations. Right. What do you think? Really? What do you mean? Yeah, absolutely. So whenever I came to America, I really was struggling to find a voice or like a place because, again, like. I didn't grow up in America, but racism, anything like like that is happening to me too. Like regardless of the fact that I grew up in in Malawi, mm-hmm. like my skin color is not different from any African American. You know, skin, it's yeah. gonna happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I just want to urge those other international students out there who usually don't feel like they have a say in what's going on here in America that you do have a say in that because yeah. it's going to happen to you regardless, like you don't have a choice. So stand up for yourself. And we're going to talk about how we're going to do that. But I mean, it's really, really important for you to to find a voice in yourself and realize that we all not, can speak into it. We this. can speak into it mm-hmm. and they don't look at you differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So why is it important to have this conversation we kind of touched on it of course i mean this question in itself is pretty silly to even like even you know vocalize but why is it important to have this conversation of course this conversation needs to be hell happening but why should we have this conversation more often i think it's because of the laws that are there Mm -hmm. again going back to what people were saying they were saying that these men will these men that shot him will go unpunished because of the laws in that state. They allow men to have guns and defend themselves. And law is a law, but like we have to have these conversations because we're trying to change those laws to make sure that lives are preserved, lives are seen as valuable. Not just because there's some law, then yeah, you have the right to do that. But like life is a life, you know? Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think back to the idea of law, most law guys, you know, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say white law, Mm. white law. A lot of the laws are in place, has been created 
by with a lot of underlining, you know, racism and and you know, uh, favor towards the majority, mm. and it doesn't, you know, protect everyone. You know, we we live in a country where they kind of stress the idea of you know, all men are created equal and all mm. that. But what does that even mean mm. when you die by jogging, or you get shot by selling CDs, or if you can't hold Skittles, wearing a hoodie, you can't wear a hoodie, and legit causing a lot of anxiety for a, a big group of, of the population. I mean, I deciding if I want to put on a hoodie or not. No, well, let me put on my loafers so I don't look too dangerous, you know. And let me just say this, guys: like my black skin is not a threat. My black skin shouldn't be seen as a threat, and I just don't see how. Man, it's it's insane. Like I, just and that's what law did. I mean, in a way, without us even knowing it, you know, the laws in place, in a way, kind of you know, paints black people to be this dangerous thing. For a long time, our skin was seen as so we gotta we gotta start questioning it. You know, well, what they up to? You know, or hey, why 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 that person here? It, and it just makes no sense. But we have to relearn you know what it means you know i guess redo racism and of course i don't think it's black folks um i don't think it's our job as black folks to try to undo racism obviously because we we want the ones to to do it but that's what we need our friends you know our our, you know our white friends our, our friends you know to just really speak on our behalfs and, you know, and of course, I'm going to speak. That's what we're doing this podcast. We're speaking about it. I'm going to speak for my blackness. I'm going to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. So I'm going to use my breath now. I think that's probably the biggest passion that I have is I'm going to use my breath to just speak life into this situation that we kind of just, we see another hashtag, we go about our day. We see another hashtag, we were sad for like a week, and then we go about our lives again. No, we have to constantly be addressing and having these conversations you mm. just have to mm. um yeah. so what would you say to your friends or someone that's the per se they're having a conversation with you about it mm. and they say garvin i don't see racism i don't see race you know when i hear that i hear that all lives matter stuff mm. you know and <laughs> i mean and of course at our core all, all lives, lives matter. matter yes mm. that is correct but I think if I hear that, then it's, then that person isn't really seeing me in my entirety. They're mm. not really seeing all of who I am. Yeah. Because my blackness plays a part in my life. My blackness, sadly, can be the death of me in, in different situations. My blackness means something in America. And so to say I don't see it is mean it's pretty much saying to me that you don't see all the problems all the associated problem. with mm. black people. And that is not okay. And I think I'm probably rambling a lot, but I'm extremely passionate. We got to be careful when we say things like that because we don't want our words to fall empty. You know, we don't want like, you know, I don't see you. I don't see the I don't see it. You know, I'm, I'm different. I just love you. The I way. just love you You're so human. much. And I appreciate it. I thank you for loving oh, 100%. me. Oh, 100%. All right. I love you too. I love you too. But you have to as love. You have to see the good parts. You have to see the bad parts, bad parts. right? We can't just be like, I love you. Just, and hope that we never have these conversations. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm not like that. I mean, obviously, we're friends. If you like that, I'm probably not going to be your friend anyway. I mean, but... <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that out. Um, 
Actually, maybe not. I'll keep it. Um, and so I back to the idea that we can't, our words can't fall empty. You know, we can't just say things like, you know, all lives matter because obviously all lives matter. But to say all lives matter means that you're not shedding a light on the black lives that are dying, obviously, mm. right? No one, we had this conversation time and time again. I don't think me and Quincy are saying anything profound right now. It's been the conversation for years. On and, and on years and on, and yes. Since the Black Lives Matter movement kind of started, it's not a movement that says, YOLO, who cares about every other race in America? It's saying that our black lives are dying, our black lives are wrongfully you know, convicted, our black lives are legit not being seen as valuable in America, especially in a country that distresses those ideas all the time. And so... I like the analogy that I read one time on Facebook about when we hear all lives matter is like trying to put out a burning building that's not on fire. It's like we're putting water on a building, right? While we see another building legit on fire. On fire. It's, <laughs> wait, let that sink in. It's like we're so, we're, like sometimes, no, sometimes we're so entitled to our privilege that we just, I think it, it might even come from fear. And or the being afraid to recognize these things, or like the idea of being, you know, uncomfortable, um, and so we we just want to be seen in the best light possible, and that's not it. We're not trying to say like our white friends aren't, you know, aren't, you know, may may grow up poor or may also experience on a police brutality or also may get looked at in, in, in different ways. In different ways. We're not saying that. But the majority of the time, it's not you that has to worry about dying by going jogging. I keep going back, dying by going jogging. That's insane to me. And um, I kind of want to challenge, challenge. My, you know, we, we Christian folks up here. You know, me and Chrissy said in the first podcast, we love the Lord. And so I want to challenge my Christian friends and this Christian folks in general. Sometimes I hear this when it comes to uh, addressing racism or discrimination or we hear all... In God's timing, in God's timing, or we say, we used to say God is in control. Of course, He is in control, hundred percent, all the time, in control, in His timing. But going back to the idea that we have to be careful that these words don't fall empty. You know, we have to ask ourselves the questions: Are we just saying this to our black friends, our black brothers and sisters, because? We don't want to have the conversation. To me, it sounds like you're trying to escape really digging deep in how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to just put a band-aid on a wound that needs tons of stitches. And healing. And healing, yes. And so, you know, don't try to, I guess, play like, I'm just going to save you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to just... You know, give you some fluffy words to hear. I know God is in control. I know it's all in God's timing. But when I think back to when I was, when I when I think back to when I was like legit crying in the closet saying I hate it, I hate it, I hate mm. it. I think I got like legit afterwards. I felt well, I thought about all of the civil rights activists. All of them, yes. And I bet they too, at one point, was praying to God or praying away and just saying. I hate it. I hate it. I, hate I am it. tired. I am tired. I am tired. But the words didn't fall empty, right? They did something about it. They, you know, God, God is in control. Does not mean not to do anything. All in God's timing. 
does not equate to doing nothing. nothing. And so that's the big thing. You can't just not do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, huh? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Quincy? Yeah, like I read a post somewhere else about how white silence is real in this world. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of just watching a show. It's like you're just sitting and watching a show yeah. and let it happen without you really doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. To me, it just sounds like entertainment, really. Because, again, as you talked about privilege, like you know that you have this platform to advocate for lives and you're doing nothing. Yeah. You have a platform literally that can save. I mean, the next generation, generation, I think of my, my little cousins. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know where to start to explain to him of how things are difficult for him just because of his skin color. Like, it doesn't make sense to him, you know? Yeah, that's what I think about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you want to touch on the Brianna story? Yes. So, again, this is another story, and that happened a few months ago. A few months ago. Yes. Keep in mind, keep in mind all, both stories of Ahmad and Brianna happened months ago. Yes. We just are just now finding out about these mm, things. Mm. You know, ooh, truth crust to the earth. Mm. Like say, truth crust to the earth. Rise again. Go ahead. So, Brianna Taylor, she was a 26-year-old black woman living in Louisville, Kentucky. She was a health care worker working as an EMT and wanted to become a nurse. March 13th, police officers broke into her home while she was asleep and fired their weapons dozens of times, hitting Brianna at least eight times. These officers did not announce themselves before entering. They were attempting an illegal drug raid in the wrong neighborhood for a suspect that had been already arrested that day earlier. Yeah. And I think with that story, I think the sad part is, one, of course, just the, the idea, they were just sleeping and they came into her house. Um, but I think I was also reading that, no, they were licensed to carry. They had their gun. They did everything that was right according to society, according mm. to law, and it still led to the death of them. That part is so hurtful because I just think of what they kind of say the American dream is, right? They say, go to college and get your degree. They say, have, get, the have a house. 2.5 kids, whatever. The, what, why do they say 2.5? 2.5. 2.5 is like, maybe <laughs> cooking in your belly. But 2.5 kids, the dog, the cat, the, no, the, white, the white fence. But legit, if I was to, let's say, walk out the house, you know, I just forgot my wallet or whatever it is, and I was doing a simple errand or whatever it was, and I was stopped by the police or just anything like that, I can't really pull out my degree from the, from the no. University of North Texas. No, you can't be like, hey, pull out guys, your 4.0 GPA. Like, listen here, guys. Like, hey, 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 hey. Like, all they see is just my blackness. They won't see, oh, Garvin is a teacher. They won't see that. No. They're just, or Quincy studying engineering. No. They don't see any of that. They're just like, oh, no, it's a black man. He doesn't have his wallet. He's looking kind of maybe busty. Sus- suspicious. Suspicious. Exactly. Always, you know, that's just law. That's just the law that America kind of cultivated for themselves is that when they see black folks, they think of the up to no up good. Up to no good, yeah. You know, up to I, something. I think the story she was shooting back because oh I think her, her boyfriend a was boyfriend back yes because they thought that someone was breaking into their house and especially unannounced unannounced and things and those who fight for you know you know just you know just just always want to just 
justify something. What about this story here? Let me, I, I challenge, I ask you like, what about this story? Like, and of course there's gonna be people that's gonna find a way, a reason to justify. And you guys have the cause of that. Man, if I hear it, like this is a new thing. <laughs> if I hear, if I hear it, I'm like, what are you talking about? We, we can't get to a place where America is, man, it's already needing healing. It just already needs it. But man, I cannot, I can't even stomach when I hear someone try to justify why someone should die at this point in, in my in my life. I want to share a story of what happened to me at the Kroger. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I was about to ask you about that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And so, and this story kind of comes with, you know, the idea of, you know, kind of like that discrimination and the just like the stereotypes that you know, black folks are sometimes portrayed as. And I remember walking into Kroger and seeing this little white kid, right? He had his stuff in his hands, you know, he was with his parents. He sees me and he legit goes, oh, excuse me, mister. Excuse me, mister. And I'm like, oh, my bad, little kid. My bad. I don't know what his name, Bobby, Jimmy, Dylan, whatever. I'm like, oh, my bad, little kid. I moved <laughs> out the way. And he just walked. He walked away. And it brought me back to another time in my life in which, you know, it was like another family, another white family. And they, you know, the difference is, except from, you know, me getting the excuse me, misters, I got like all the looks. And I couldn't help but wonder what is happening you know, between these two households, what is being told about black folks in, you know, in these two different households? And I think it's extremely important. I don't got no kids, obviously, I can't speak to, but racism is generational. I think, you know, we can pass it down and we have to do the work right now to stop it. We got to educate and just even like, you know, diversify, you know, what's happening around us. And so I was just so happy when I, I was just, my brain, and the weird thing is, maybe I'm even over, you know, over <laughs> thinking this whole situation, this whole overthinking this story, what happened to me at Kroger. Like, maybe, uh, but that's what black folks do nowadays. Uh. We gotta, we, we dissect everything because we don't know what people's motives are. We don't know if people are seeing me as my, myself or are they seeing me as my, my blackness. Or, you know, we don't, we don't know uh. exactly. And so, where do we go from here? That's the question. I keep hitting this table. And Chrissy looking at me like, Quinn. Oh, where do, we, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Yeah. First, educate ourselves. Exactly. Educate ourselves. Speak to it. Yes. By that, I mean, be willing to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Questions on how you can find out more information about these things i mean the school system for sure is teaching about history on all these things but i don't think it really does explain fully of what the injustice is happening there are so many books out there so yeah. many books out there that are talking about um like the new jim crawl law like that's a really good book that some people can read and ask questions about it like okay how are you if you have a black friend you can be like how is this happening in today's world yeah for sure yeah. And I mean, I think even as a, as a black man, I'm I'm trying to work on this myself. Like not, I guess not, I guess not dissecting so much in a way that I'm not helpful to these conversations. Mm. You know, like what you mean? Like my brain was like, what do you mean? Like what kind of question is that? Yeah. Like no, Garve, 
I mean, I can control myself. I can decide to have grace yes. for people. Mm. And so I'm like, as crazy as it may sound, I cannot hold people to that expectation. Petition. Some people just don't know. They just don't know. You know, some people just know are blinded by, you know, just their lives and their privilege. And they mm. don't know when they may say something that's a little bit iffy or, you know, not really sticking up. So sometimes, you know, for our black folks, for black people, also, don't being afraid to also educate, you know, and be transparent, you know, be transparent and play a listening ear. Don't automatically try to do that, you know, band-aid stuff. You okay? can't no. like listen. listen, listen, sit in with the pain. Like I appreciate people who sit in in those awkward moments with me where like mm-hmm. they don't know how to feel. And but that's okay. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sit in with your black friends in those that speaks hurtful. volume, actually. That it speaks does. so much volume. Like, it you're does. not trying to just like throw my pain and everything under the rug, like just dust Mm-mm. it under the rug and like Mm-mm. don't address it. Mm-mm. He's like, I don't know, girl, I'm gonna shoot, I'm gonna listen to you, I'm gonna sit here and be like, you know, and I have really good, you know, I got friends that just sat there and just listened to me. Mm. And I sadly, I got some of my friends that joke, you know, you're just gonna be, you know, I'm like, okay, hold up. <laughs> okay, I understand. And I know the heart behind it. It's probably, it's a good, good thing. thing. Mm. But yeah, try to listen, right? Because the emotions we're feeling at that moment are real. Yeah. Those are real things. Just like these people, these stories that we're hearing. Real. Real people, real stories. And I think, Speaking up, you know, for those who can't, obviously, is a big thing. And and just really, guys, if you find yourself, like, just saying these words and not really moving or doing anything with it, then I think it's also part of the problem. Like, if you just find yourself just saying empty words like, it's going to be all right, but you're not, not really doing anything to, like, address the problem then you're not doing anything but just giving me fluff in my ears. Not to be blunt about it. That's true. Mm -hmm. And so let's be a people and try to be a people. No one's saying we're going to be perfect about this overnight. This conversation has been happening since the beginning of time and it's still happening. That's why we have to have these conversations more so, you know, now than ever. And, but just... I feel like I've been talking a bunch. Yes, you have. (laughs) I mean, don't don't (laughs) apologize for it. Oh, absolutely not. I'm black and I'm proud. I'm black and I'm proud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! But yeah, yeah. Just to add on to that, you are mentioning about like a while back about like protesting and all these things. And it's even in the media, even in the language. Mm-hmm. Like, not to say that coronavirus is not a big thing. It's very dangerous. It's killed a lot of people. But I couldn't help but notice people protesting for... The dumbest of things. Can we just call it what it is? Yeah, yeah, for the dumbest of things. I need a haircut. And did you hear any shooting, any killing, or any tear oh gas thrown? No. Soon, and let me t- and you can see black folks blocking the tra- blocking the highways. What what do we call it? It's a riot. riot. It's a riot. Mm. We're too loud. We're too angry. Destructive. Why are we so angry? Why are we so loud? We're angry and we're loud because nothing is changing. I mean, I think we heard of the you know burning down the buildings or burning down the small businesses in Ferguson um, after you know what happened down there, and 
we kind of get into these back and forth, like, well, then why would they bring on buildings? But ask yourself, what if your back was so up against the wall, right? And no one is trying to hear what you're saying. No one. No one. I mean, I'm not saying go light a building on fire. No. I won't do that. No. But I understand why they're lighting that building on mm. fire. They're saying, look at me. You hear know, me. Hear me. My black life matters. You know, our lives matter. We're not just sometimes. I think of Martin Luther King. I mean, if he just sat there and just like and just crossed his finger and just hoped that someone was going to come around and fix things, then we wouldn't be where we're at right now. Um, I think of all the activists that played their parts in moving this country forward. And no, it, 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 it didn't come from just sitting there and just you know, just thinking, oh, I just hope everything will just be all right. We gotta be. We gotta move. We gotta, gotta move. move. We gotta have the conversation. And sometimes it even means. Right now in the buildings, sometimes it means, you know, stopping the traffic. It means, look at me. Hear know? me. Hear me. Look at me. Um, yeah. You know, I know a lot of conversations have been said today. Um, and lots. And lots. And it shouldn't stop here, obviously. Guys, let's go out and try. Actually, let's go out. I haven't tried. Let's Not even try. try. Let's go out and do, do something it. different. Do something different. Do something different. If you feel, you know, like we're talking to you, um, don't be like, hmm, Garvin Quincy are being mean to me. Mm. <laughs> no, don't do that. Be like, oh, shoot. Like, that's that oh, shoot moment that we're talking about like in the, in the beginning episodes. Like, when you hear our podcast, we want you to relate. We want you to be like, oh, shoot, you know, like, maybe I got to change something. We want our, like, our minds to, you know, we want it to, I'm going to say, provoke. Mind provoking conversations, you know what I mean? Mind provoking conversations, but yeah, anything else, Quincy? I like, I feel like there's man. so much we can say, so much, so, much. Can, so little time. You know, we can say, you know, the, the human had human, <laughs> humans only have an attention span seven, 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 seven seconds, seconds. <laughs> seven minutes. Have, I hope that seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you guys have been rocking with us. If anything. Please listen to this episode because we planned for it. We had a lot of things to say about it because we truly and honestly care about it. Like we, as much as we want this to be a, a, sh- a storytelling podcast, we just couldn't, as black men, not speak into this thing. Mm. I just couldn't. There's one little quote that we want to. I don't even know who said it, but I don't even know. But it was so good that it stuck in my brain. This is from like way back when all the beginning hashtags and hashtags of like why we say black lives matter you know you say um the quote goes until injustice are seen and addressed and healed i will continue to say black lives matter so our lives matter they do they do they do yeah i hope you guys will learn one or two things from this one, two, three, four, five, five six, seven. A million. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, thank you so much if you've come this far listening to our podcast. And we really, really appreciate all your support. We've been receiving a lot of feedback, oh, a lot yeah, of support man. from people. We love you guys. We love you guys. No, I mean, we love you deeply. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Like all the text messages. All the people saying that Instagram you know, posts, funny, you know, yes, doing a good job, yes. I mean, it, it's it's extremely reassuring to hear. So thank you, thank you. And um, you know, and if you haven't already, please follow us on our social media. You want to talk about that, Quincy? Yes, follow us on our social media. We have our Instagram, uh, the Extraordinary Adventure Podcast, and then our email, 
theextraordinaryventurepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, anything you want us DM, to know, slide in our DM, DMs. Slide in our <laughs> DMs. <laughs> we're trying to get chosen in 2020. <laughs> but yes, Ooh, we really appreciate your feedback. And again, comment on our um, podcast page on Spotify, Apple. Yeah, follow us, guys. Follow I mean, us if you there. Like and share it around. Yes, you know, share it to your friends, your family. <laughs> yes. So yeah, um, and don't forget, guys. You know, share your story because no one can tell it quite like you. And you know, especially telling the stories of those who can't um, share their story anymore. You know, that can't speak for themselves. Yes. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm Garvin. And I'm Quincy. And uh. Peace out.